Bald and blonde. Welcome to the Mindset Evolution Podcast. Hear about tips, tricks, skills, tools, inspiration, mental hygiene. Know what you want and how to create what you desire to achieve predictable results and create a content life wherever you are. And here are your hosts, Kathy Tate and Daisy Pup. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution. I'm Kathy Tate, the Bald Warrior, your host from Down Under. And with me, as always, is Daisy Papp, International Excellence Coach, joining me from Florida Keys. Hi, Daisy. Hi, my dear friend, Kathy. So good to be with you again. And how quickly these weeks go by. It is just amazing to see that, oh, again, it's Thursday for me. I know for you it's Friday. Mm, fine. <laughs> Too true. And in fact, we've only got two episodes left in season three, Daisy. How about that? This is mind boggling. And we covered so many wonderful topics and I am sitting on pins and needles, not literally, but virtually and emotionally and of course, mindfully. So what is it that you're going to throw at me? <laughs> <laughs> well, Daisy, today I want to talk about healing old wounds. That's a biggie. It That's is. a biggie. And it is so important because <laughs> what we are impacted by based on what we are perceiving every day is influenced by the level of how healed our old wounds are. It's almost like a shadow hanging over us all the time. And I do rarely generalize. It's quite wearing us down and it can be heavy. And even when there could be happy moments lived and experienced, when that heaviness is pushing us down and reminding us too often that what if it happens again, it's a biggie. So where would you like to go with this? What is your idea of having this conversation? What made you choose this? Well, I think that a lot of people out there have had trauma and probably have just buried it because I know that I did for a long time. So I wanted to give them some help. I know that in my younger years, especially the trauma of being in domestic violence, it came back to haunt me for years. I used to have nightmares about it. It affected my ability to have other relationships. It affected my ability to be vulnerable and I found it really difficult to trust people. Mm. So because of that, I thought there's probably thousands and thousands of people out there still stuck in that or mm. still having this trauma repeat for them. And I just wanted to give them some basic tools to help them so that it didn't keep repeating for them. Mm -hmm. Well, when you say that there are thousands of people traumatized, I believe that there are billions of people traumatized solely by the fact that we're all born and birth itself is a huge traumatic event. Because when we just look at it this way, that little baby is there in the womb and it's a five star hotel. Temperature <laughs> is always just comfy and warm. We always feel that we belong. Hmm? We always feel close. And we can grow and evolve. That is actually all we need to be fulfilled. But then the womb gets too little because the baby gets too big. And then comes the day, five-star hotel over. Now, mm. when we just look at the brightness, hmm, 
the moment we arrive into this world, imagine what a shocker that must be to the eyes because it's so bright. We can't really see. Our eyes are not adjusted yet. They are not trained yet. Our brains did not make these connections to actually convert what we see into something that could be meaningful. That by itself is traumatic. And therefore, all human beings are traumatized to a degree. Yeah. What happens then later on? Yes, we all experienced some things that we might have experienced as traumatic. Some situations are more obvious. Some are not so obvious. I know somebody who is in a wheelchair since childhood and he's not traumatized at all. He doesn't behave as such and he's actually doing dancing on stage, although he's in a wheelchair. Hmm? What an outlet he found. And his parents were much more traumatized than he himself. He accepted it. Hmm? Yeah. How interesting. But we're all traumatized. Now, the trauma itself is one thing, but... When it turns into an old wound, what I think is important to have a look at, when we imagine a wound on our body, let's say we cut our finger or we kick into a furniture piece and then we have a swollen foot. We all had some occasions where something similar happened. Now, there is some sort of sensitivity then for a while, while the body part is healing, we don't go there and touch it and bother it and, okay, so now heal faster or does it still hurt or how much does it hurt? We leave it more alone to get the healing done. The body is a genius when it comes to self-healing, when we allow it. Important to acknowledge. Now, when we have nevertheless psychological wounds, and I don't really want to use this expression because I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychotherapist, I'm not certified in any of that. That doesn't mean that I'm not trained in that. So when we have a look at it, our soul or our heart or our inner world, that's how I like to describe it. Because the inner world we all have and those who are spiritual, they can accept that. Those who are religious can accept that. Those who are more into Western medicine can accept it. Because that's describing everything that's happening within us. Now, when there are some wounds that are still sensitive and get pushed, or we don't allow them to heal. For example, let's say I cut my finger, and then I do as if it never happened. And I just smile and laugh, and then I dig in the sand, and I plant some plants or some seeds. Then I actually ignore that there's an open wound, and it would be maybe not so opportune to get in contact with dirt. So when I'm ignoring it, then I'm actually also endangering the healing process. Now, when it comes to wounds in the inner world, I believe it is also important to acknowledge it. Many people and many clients of mine try to shove it under the carpet instead of dealing with it. Now, I like to compare it to the elephant in the room. When there's an elephant in the room, I like to address it. And I tell you why. Because that animal, have you ever seen an elephant peeing? The quantity <laughs> of pee coming out of that big animal, that's quite a big amount. I'm not even talking number two. Hmm? So <laughs> now when there's an elephant in the room and let's say I'm ignoring it, how can I possibly assume or believe or hope or wish it will go away? Meaning metaphorically that the elephant can be the wound. Well, I don't think you can wish things away, can you? 
<laughs> well, you can try. I wonder if it works. <laughs> <laughs> so the elephant in the room is the wound. Metaphorically, in this auditive platform that we're using, if it was with video, then I could draw and express myself in different ways. But we're limited to the audio here and we make the best out of it. So that's why I like to use pictures that everyone can imagine. So what do we do with it? Ignoring issues always, and again, I rarely generalize, always create more issues. Avoiding conflict, for example, always creates more conflict. Another elephant in the room. I can share a little bit from my childhood. I was extremely traumatized several times in many angles. When I was eight years old and my father passed in the car and with him, his parents and my mother, who was the only survivor, but I supposed to sit in that car when the accident happened. Now imagine as an eight-year-old, then you cannot grasp it, but somehow your inner world feels something is really off. Hmm? Or there is a huge elephant in the room, although we may not even be able to describe it. I wasn't. I didn't know how to speak about it. I didn't even know what that all meant to me. But now later on, because I was not afraid to sit in a car again, but I was cautious and I was not very comfortable in cars for a long time. Now that's understandable. Let's say if the adults around me or the drivers would have not taken that into consideration and would have been reckless drivers, that would have added to my traumatic inner world. Hmm? Yeah, definitely. So you brought it up very interestingly in the beginning that you couldn't trust anyone. So actually it goes into the direction to regain trust that is going to heal as well. Not only regain trust in others, but especially within ourselves, towards ourselves. I think that's a really good point because one of my issues was I don't think I did trust my judgment for a long time. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's understandable too, because we do observe and hear what other people say and do. And we oftentimes just simply believe it. Why? Because we are relatively naive at a younger age, which is absolutely okay. But now then when we are adults and then we blame our younger self, oh my goodness, you were so stupid. Self-talk. Oh my goodness, as an eight-year-old Daisy, I was an idiot. Now imagine that. That cannot be helpful to build trust or to heal my inner wounds. But the understanding, the first thing that we can do when we see old wounds within others or realize them, recognize them or within us is the acknowledgement. I believe that by itself is already a big step in the right direction. Because when I'm trying to minimize it, when I'm trying to diminish it, when I say, oh, come on, oh, that's just BS. And what are you talking about? Come on, don't make a big deal out of it. Now, that is not trust building. It cannot. But when we acknowledge, oh, honey, I'm sorry you feel this way. I don't say you have the right or I don't even say you don't have the right to feel that way. Because let's clarify, everyone has the right to feel the way they feel. Everyone. Those you like and those you don't like, they all have the right to feel the way they do. How they act upon it, that's their responsibility. Yes, just as how we respond as ours. Mm -hmm. So what do we do with old wounds first? 
I think we can discover them instead of denying them. Also broadly used, being in full denial of it. Mm, yeah. That's again dangerous because you have an elephant in the room and it will do number one and it will do number two. And then the poops running up the wall. Hmm? I think that's interesting though, because I remember my own mind blocking out some of my trauma for a long time. I actually couldn't say the word wig for about a decade mm -hmm. without it bringing serious triggers for mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. because of the trauma I went through at high school, having the wig pulled off my head and being teased. I was unable to say that word for many years because of the trauma and I didn't actually realise that until later that it happened. That is traumatic, clearly. Now, the problem is when it's not addressed. If it was addressed, then it would have no longer been a problem, creating more problems for you. So actually, when we speak about these wounds, we do have them. We all do have them. Some bigger, some more traumatic, some smaller, some mm, barely there. And that's okay. But actually what happens is that there's something we then rethink, we think about it again, or we memorize, or we just remember, mm, we bring it back into the present moment by thinking of it. And now mm -hmm. here's what happens. The body responds to the mind. And because the body responds to the mind, the body will produce the matching feelings to the pictures we create or generate or construct, the sounds we generate, recreate or construct, mm? the feelings, the smells, the tastes, the touch. And then our body is recreating all of them and makes it feel as if it happened right here, right now. And that's the problem when it cannot heal. Yes. And I agree with that. And one of the issues I know that I faced and other people with alopecia do face is that the trauma reoccurs mm -hmm. and you have absolutely no control over it. Mm -hmm. Even though you acknowledge it and address it, we're stuck in this cycle mm -hmm. of trauma mm -hmm. that our body is doing. Mm -hmm. And it's super important to have the mental tools to cope with that mm -hmm. or we just embed the trauma. Well, you get accustomed to it and you get used to it and you practice it more and more so you become even better at practicing it and you become better at feeling it and re-traumatizing yourself. Now, when it comes to the alopecia group, that you're very fond of and that you're supporting worldwide. Now, if I was ever asked what they can do, here's what I would tell them. Focus on your behavior. When you behave in a loving, caring way and you're aware of your values and you behave based on those, then you can look into the mirror and see yourself. I do the right thing. I'm honorable. I'm adorable, I'm lovable, I am sincere, I have integrity. And that will take away the pressure from the looks, from the social norms. Because is it not true that only because we're so accustomed to and we are taught that humans must have hair, is it that then we judge ourselves and think to ourselves, something's off with me? I'm not talking about the physical impact because the body is producing something or 
the lack of producing something that the hair growth stops or is interrupted. Mm-hmm. So when we, but then solely focus on behavior, then the importance of the external appearance shifts. And I have proof for that because let's say you go into a room or you go to an event and there's somebody who is dressed like stepping out of a man's or a woman's magazine, but they behave full of shittilitis and suffer asshole-litis. Now, do you really enjoy being around them? And then let's say in the same room, same event, there's someone who is not dressed so properly, maybe not accordingly to the event because maybe they don't have the means or maybe they don't have a taste or maybe they simply don't care or maybe they lost their luggage on the flight in. (laughs) We never know. So let's stop assuming right here. But based on their behavior, they're caring, they're empathetic. It is exciting to have a nice conversation with them. You feel that you have some interests in common. Now, who do you really want to hang out with? Proof? Mm? Yeah, for sure. Definitely the person who behaves in a nicer way. So now, is not that then clearly showing us? When we behave, no matter if I have hair, if I have fingernails, if I have eyelashes, if I have toes or if I don't have toes or if I have an amputed leg or if I don't have an amputed leg, is it tragic? Absolutely, yes. I'm not denying it in any shape or form, but your behavior is what matters and not your looks. So what I understand is you're saying the more that you can base yourselves on your values and act that way, the less the physical external looks matter. Well, and switch off social media (laughs) because this is an extreme misleading operation globally social norms. They tell you, if you don't use this mascara, then you're out of fashion. Hmm? If you're not wearing purple this fall or this winter, then you're out of fashion. If you're wearing red, then you're hyper, absolutely super top into fashion. And if you're wearing boots this year, then it's a no-go. Who tells that? I know who does. Those who are producing them and those who try to sell it, but not as humans. If it was about practicality, Looks were very different, I believe. Hmm? But let's go back to the old wounds. So we want to have a look at them and it is important to heal them. I still have some wounds that I believed I had treated very well and healed them. And I remember last year I saw a plane crashing in front of my eyes as I was driving on the highway and I couldn't believe it. And of course it opened up the old wounds remembering when my mother, my brother, and my godfather crashed in a plane. But I caught myself out of it quite quickly. Within an hour, I was back to absolute operational mode. But it was important to not ignore it or to shove it under the carpet. So there was still an aspect. It was the first time in my life that I saw live a plane crashing in front of my eyes. Not TV screen, so it's 3D when you're driving and you're experiencing it. So let's not deny them, but let's have a look at them. We don't need to go and search for them because they show up. They're like ticking little time bombs and they will just show up whenever they feel, oops, I feel hurt. I feel hurt. Look at me. Hmm? It's like when you almost forgot that you cut your finger and then you try to open the jar 
then you, oh, ah, ouch. Hmm? So you see the same happens with the internal world, with our inner world. So what do we do after we find them and they rear up and we acknowledge it? What do we do with it? Well, there are several methods that are very healthy. So I believe, and I'm using them in my daily practice and I use them on myself. Meridian tapping is one of the modalities that I really enjoy using in my personal life and also in my daily practice when old wounds show up because it can disconnect the automatic programming that our bodies produce to specific thoughts, pictures, images, words, scenes, scenarios, tastes, touches, memories overall. And there's much study out there. So double blind studies even where it shows clearly what tapping modalities can do. They are super fast and very effective. So that is one thing I suggest looking into. And there are many practitioners that are very good. There are many practitioners who are still experimenting. So I would be selective in who I'd work with because actually it's about your inner world. Hmm? Then, so that is one thing. The second more important and actually first step is the acknowledgement, to acknowledge it. It's okay. And to just imagine for a moment, if you had an identical twin and they went through what you're just going through right now, what would you do with them? And when we then realize, oh, I would probably hug them. I would maybe stroke gently their face with the back of my hand and say, it's okay, honey. And I'm so sorry you're going through this and I'm here for you. And then we realize more often that we would be so much more gentle to our identical twin, the non-existing one, the imagined mm. identical twin, then we are oftentimes towards ourselves because we oftentimes, most of the time, make it even worse by repeating it, by being very hard on ourselves, by having self-talk that is, I'd say, more than unfriendly and stop doing that and start treating yourself like you'd treat your lovely, super identical twin. I think that's brilliant because I think we are super hard on ourselves. We expect so much of ourselves. We're probably even taught to not wallow in pain and to just get on with it. And so we don't always acknowledge it like we should. So yeah, I think that the identical twin image or idea is really great because it shows you that you need to be compassionate to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the key being compassionate and seek help. I made it my life to help people around the world healing their old wounds. And when something shows up within me that is big enough that I feel I cannot handle it by myself. Why? Because I'm within myself. And when I ask a question, I also give the answer and I can influence the question. So oftentimes it is then a good idea to discuss it with someone of your trust. So I have two super genius people I work with when something shows up within me and my inner world. And I do not shove it under the carpet. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not denying it. I get to it as soon as I recognize it because now here comes a key. When we don't, we create more of it. Let's just say you have an injury on your foot, but you love dancing. And you go dancing and you dance on it and you dance on it. Does it make it better or worse most of the time? Probably worse. Mm -hmm. So then why would you do it? Because you love dancing so much. Okay. 
But then when it's really so painful, do you continue dancing? Well, I wouldn't because I'm not a real lover of pain. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'd probably sit in my chair and just dance with the upper half. <laughs> yes. So you see how creative. Now, when it comes to the inner world, there's a key to it that is important also to realize that it's invisible. We can put some more makeup on. We can put on the high heels as women. Some men do too, bless their heart. Then we can do as if nothing happened or nothing's going on within us. But in reality, there is. So that would be the same as shoving it in a box in your brain and not looking at it. Mm -hmm. So meaning because it's invisible doesn't make it less of an issue. So look at it, face it, get help. Now, there's so many groups and even organizations that offer self-discovery, but careful. When the group or the organization is all about tell your story, tell your pain, don't go there. My suggestion, I would not go there. Why? Because when I speak about my pain, what is going to be enlarged? My pain. Because wherever my focus goes, everything grows. So I make it worse. And now when you have 10 people sitting there in a circle, in a congregation or in a town hall or where they do these meetings, now imagine when 10 people almost dwell and bath in the self-pity. How are you going to heal then? Makes it more difficult, doesn't it? Yeah, that's where the word wallowing comes into my mind because you're just sitting in the pain and that's not going to help it. Mm-hmm. Although I do think at some point that it's useful to articulate it. Yes. I know in my case, I couldn't for a long time. So it was super powerful to be able to do that at some point. But I understand that if that's all you do, then you stick yourself in an endless cycle of repeating it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to move from that. Yes, of course, it is important to speak about it. I'm not mentioning to remain moot at all, but tell your story and then move on. Okay, so what's the solution? And let's remind ourselves that it will pass. The worst pain passed. You're a mother. I don't know the circumstances of giving birth to your son, but I have a feeling that it was not totally pain-free. And did it last forever? No, I know of some very ill people who are in constant pain, that's a very different story. I'm talking here of the inner world and I'm speaking of finding ways to heal it. Seek help. It is so logical when someone has an extreme strong pain in their teeth, they go usually to a dentist. And only because that pain that you may experience is not visible, go and seek help. And look, we get so many feedback emails and messages from our listeners that our podcast already helps them so much. There's so much information out there. Find it and help yourself heal. Support it by feeding yourself. Uh-huh. So there are other solutions as well. Only because I came this far in my healing process doesn't mean I'm stuck here. It doesn't mean now I'm not going to evolve ever further from this point. Because otherwise, when we remain in that dark place internally and never open the shades and let the sunlight in, we can take full responsibility, not for what happened to us, but look at that compassion and that empathy and understanding 
And when we grow and evolve and we become clear about our values and we make a commitment to live based on our values and behave that way consistently with perseverance, <laughs> then we will be able to also see that my future can be so much brighter than my present moment is. You're one commitment away. And when you already treat yourself internally in a different way, then it is just automatic and natural that people in our environment will also shift because those who will not go along with our growth and evolution, they will sooner or later fall out of our inner circle, making place for new ones, for humans who are more compassionate, are more empathetic. And when you look back, when you were in a relationship where there was domestic violence, you now would not go back into a situation like that, correct? Correct. So you kept your lesson learned, you kept your wisdom, you healed the inner wounds, you know it happened, but it does no longer have an impact on you here, right now, today. That is proof when you have healed a wound. Like I can speak about plane crashes, and it's not like I'm hysterical at all. Mm. I'm not saying I would like to participate in one or see another one go down in front of my eyes. I'm not volunteering for that. But we can talk about it. There's no emotional turmoil going on inside anymore. And that's very possible. And it is not true. Time heals all wounds. It's not true. It's not time. It's what we do in that time. That's what heals the wounds. And I think to reiterate again about how you treat yourself and how you talk to yourself and being compassionate with yourself is super, super important here. Yes. Maybe imagine your identical twin and Mm. do it more often because what we do to ourselves, if other people would know about how we're treating ourselves oftentimes, I believe many people would be very ashamed. They would not want anyone out there to know. So stop Mm. doing it. Start treating yourself like an angel and not those who may not even deserve it because you do. Because those (laughs) who are listening to us here on Clubhouse or later on, wherever they're listening to us, they are already a self-developer and you deserve, even by birth, you deserve yourself treating in a good way. You were not born being mean to yourself. That's learned. Mm. Yeah, it is. So we can unlearn it. That's the key. That's another whole interesting conversation. I think I'm going to add that to the topic list, Daisy. (laughs) Oh, which one was it? (laughs) How we treat ourselves. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, up to you. (laughs) Definitely think there's a whole conversation in there. That's all we've got time for today, this episode. I think it's been a good conversation about how we can start to heal old wounds and how we should treat ourselves. What do you think, Daisy? Any last words for our audience? Allow healing to happen. We're not really benefiting when we hold on to old wounds. It's okay to let them go. I like that. 
What a great final word. That's it from us today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, this conversation. We'll be back next week with another interesting and juicy topic as always. Thank you for your time, for your support, for sharing with your family and friends. Don't forget to jump over to baldandblonde.live, hit the support us button and buy us a cup of coffee. We'd really appreciate that. That's it from us. We'll see you next week. We are Bald and Blonde. Mindset Evolution. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution podcast. If you love what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast. In our show notes, you'll find the link to our Facebook group where you can personally connect with Daisy and Kathy, and the link to our website where you can find all of our previous episodes and much more of goodies so you can get more value. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. That really helps out the show and helps us to get some powerful feedback from you. Talk to you soon.